Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherd. Hello, friends. We're continuing our series, Remembering the Life and Legacy of Dallas Willard, our mentor and friend. So thankful for Dallas and his wife, Jane Christie, and all that they have taught us and all the ways that they have blessed us and uh, all of our listeners, if for no other way, through the ministry of soul shepherding. But many of you have connected with Dallas's books, perhaps. And we tell a lot of stories uh, and share a lot of insights from Dallas in our new book, Journey of the Soul, as well as uh, my previous book, Your Best Life in Jesus, Easy Yoke. Uh, what a great thinker. What a, what a great healer Dallas has been. You know, Bill, we often have felt the need to have somebody who we can see live out Jesus' teachings and his truth. And one of the things that Dallas provided for us was that. We saw, we saw him and Jane living these out and really working intentionally at that. And then the other thing that was really helpful was that he encouraged us to do that. He encouraged those he ministered to, to don't, don't take my word for it. Go and test this. Try this out yourself. Yeah, and that example of Dallas of uh, being authentic and living his life with us and letting us uh, in on things uh, behind, behind the curtain, so to speak. That's, that's why we do our Soul Sharing Institute the way we do it. And uh, Ray and Ann Ortland were the same way with us and uh, earlier mentors for us in our life and our ministry. But we, uh, in our Soul Shepherding Institute, uh, if those of you that have been, you know this, and those of you that haven't been yet, we hope that you will join us. But we live together for five days at a time, and we have all our meals together, and we're together uh, 12 hours all five of those days, and we sit in a circle, and we talk about stuff, and we meditate on Scripture together, and... We, we uh, encourage each other in times of, of solitude and silence, and Chris and I lead spiritual direction groups, and we share from our own, our own life and our own journey, and, and we help everybody do that. And so that's doing life together. And Dallas wasn't perfect. I mean, we saw a lot of his weaknesses, too, a lot of the things that weren't strong points for him, but it didn't ruin for us the power of what God was teaching us through him. And so in this episode of Soul Talks, we're talking about relax with Jesus before you minister. And this is actually a very uh, deep subject, so I hope that we can unpack this for you and encourage you in this, because so often the way we approach ministry, and I don't just mean professional ministry, church ministry, although we do mean that, but we also mean really any, any work that we're doing for God's glory. So it can be in the home, it can be in the marketplace, it could be in a nonprofit organization, uh, it could be in a, another profession. But when we're doing our, our work for Jesus, the tendency is, if, if we're earnest about what we do, is we, you know, we work hard and there's a lot of stress in it. And the whole focus on the work is in being productive and doing it right or doing it better or uh, improving the numbers and, and, and this kind of a thing. And we don't pay enough attention to our own embodied soul. We don't pay enough attention to our own experience, our own needs, our own soul care, because doing that, going into uh, a time of work, a time of ministry is what's going to have 
in many ways, the biggest impact, our, our preparation for what we're going to say or do is certainly important. But if we prepare our souls, if we care for our bodies before we get there, that's also going to have a big impact. And that's why you say one example of this is that the Sabbath is the first day of the week. Yeah, because we begin we begin the week with rest, and that's the Hebrew wisdom. That's the pattern of of the Old Testament, uh, and it's the pattern of the New Testament. The only thing that changes in the New Testament is the day of the Sabbath changes from Saturday to Sunday in honor of Jesus' resurrection, and to have a distinguishing mark for uh, the new uh, faith of the disciples of Jesus. You're a marathon runner, and I've seen you run a lot of <laughs> marathons, and you rest the day before. The race. You don't go out on a run the day before the race, yeah. which you run almost every other day of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That because we it it uh, stores up energy, and that's part of the training. And I, you know, I do the same thing today. I got up this morning and I began my day with Jesus for, uh, gosh, uh, almost two hours, and some of that was exercising and. Some of that was meditating on scripture, some of that was being outside, but I wasn't working. I wasn't being productive. I wasn't worrying about anything. I wasn't trying to, um, or didn't have anybody expecting anything of me. And so caring for my myself that way gives me some some juice to go into the day with and, and some flow so that I, I can hopefully carry that in or if I... As, as happens, I, I slip out of the easy yoke of Jesus, I can hopefully get back in because I started my day there. And so uh, the way Dallas talked about this uh, is just a great, one of my favorite stories, uh, back to the monastery class that we've been referring to a few different times in this series of podcasts, uh, remembering uh, Dallas Willard. Uh, in that class that he was teaching, we had a, a 24-hour period of silence that we were to keep together. So all our meals were in silence during this period of time, and uh, we were uh, to be quiet and prayerful and cultivating our, our intimacy with God and listening to the Lord and you know not getting on the phone talking to people, not being busy, uh, but just, just being quiet and attentive to God's presence. And so I'm with 20 pastors, and a lot of them are, are younger, and most of them had never done anything like this. And so Dallas had been talking about the spiritual disciplines and teaching us about uh, soul care and so forth. And so then I said, okay, now we're going to begin our, our silent retreat. And so for the next 24 hours, you know, we don't want any, any talking. And so here, here's your instructions for 24 hours. Do nothing. Don't try to make anything happen. Do nothing. And don't try to make anything happen. And then Dallas, These are leaders he's talking to. These are people that uh, do a lot and have a lot on their agenda that they feel pressure to make happen. Yeah, these are, are, are some productive guys and gals. And doing nothing and not trying to make anything happen w- w- was quite a conundrum. <laughs> some of us have trained our whole life to be able to do things with big impact. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were anxious because after he, the second time when he said, do nothing, don't try to make anything happen. He closed up his folder, he locked up his briefcase, and he walked out of the room. <laughs> uh, that was just that was Dallas's way. And uh, as soon as that happened, there was a uh, half of that class got around me and said, "Bill, 
you, you, you lead silent retreats. How do you do that? How do we do this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of these younger pastors, especially, they, they were, they were anxious and they, they were, didn't know what to do. And so, you know, I listened to them. Uh, we hadn't gotten out of the room yet, so we figured it was okay to talk. And then the Lord gave me some words that I never thought of. I'm sure it was the Lord, but I just said, uh, you know, sometimes you need to do something to help you do nothing. Sometimes uh, I'm blessed to say something and then realize that wasn't me. And I like take notes on that. I was like, I think that was the Lord. So we've been teaching that ever since. You got to do something in order to do nothing uh, because that was the, just the thought the Lord presented there. And so then I, I taught them how to do a breath prayer from the Bible. It's just a simple way to meditate on a scripture and use your body and breathe the words in and out. And many of you have done that with us. And we teach that in Journey of the Soul and in our Easy Yoke book. And, uh, and so then they did it. And, and that helped them in that time. And we got to talk about it after, after that day. But that, you know, that was Dallas's way, you know, learning to do nothing. And that, that was a big deal for me. By that point in the monastery, I learned to do that. And so it was just a joy to have that space, to be unplugged from everything. You learned the importance of entering that deep rest, of learning to relax with Jesus and depend on him and abandon things to him. Yeah. So at that point, it was... So you had an appetite for it by then, where you really wanted that and were probably looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I had trained, and so that that was easy for me. It was delightful for me. But I well remember when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when I was when I was a workaholic and an adrenaline addict, and I was just totally into productivity, and I hadn't done the the contemplative prayer training and spiritual retreats and extended solitude and silence, and hadn't gone as deep with receiving empathy and learning to experience calm and peace uh, deeply in in my body and in my personality. And so, you know, that's where, where these men and women pastors were. Is A lot of people have to burn out before they learn this. But not. But you don't have to. People will also often ask us, do you have to burn out? Do you have to hit a wall before you can do this, before you can learn this? But you, you don't. You can actually choose to begin to learn this. And as, as you do, and as you practice this leaning into learning to rest, then you've actually developed the appetite for it and recognize you need it. Yeah, and you've experienced this, Christy. You, you had a time of compassion fatigue, and you had some talk in Journey of the Soul about being at the wall in your journey of faith, going through the, the Christ stages, and learning that the, the old disciplines that you did before, like uh, Bible study and singing worship songs and serving in church and uh, confessing your sins and uh, weren't working the same way. Uh, intercessory prayer, going through lists of needs, and it was leaving you flat and uh, at the wall. And so you had to learn some, some different types of discipline, some different ways of praying and being in God's presence. Yes. And they're this, the do-nothing type, right? So how would you describe that? Well, I, I remember just being with the Lord in a, on a retreat, a time of solitude and silence, and just feeling like I don't even know how to do this. I don't, and feeling kind of empty, kind of it drumming up for me feelings of loneliness as a child, and just kind of depression and emptiness. And so I remember just saying to the Lord, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to experience you with me in this way, or how to 
out of rest in this way. And I, I, my sense was that the Lord answered me saying, well, what do you enjoy doing? When do you relax? When are you at rest? And I answered, well, I, I was again, reflecting upon my childhood because that's what I was in touch with was that feeling of loneliness. And it was like, well, I, I loved being in the pool in my backyard. I grew up in Arizona. It was hot and I spent hours in the pool every day. And, and I love floating just when I'm, when I'm floating on warm water and then feeling the sun, that's when I relax. That's when I feel your presence and your pleasure. And so I felt the Lord kind of say, well, float with me. Float with me. And I was like, how can I float with you? There's, I live by the Pacific Ocean. I don't, it's cold here. You know, the, there's no warm water near me. And um, I, I got creative though. And I started in our little plug-in appliance jacuzzi in our backyard barely room for me to fit there diagonally to float but that's where i started floating with jesus learning to rest and relax and you did that as a spiritual discipline Mm -hmm. you're uh, doing um, uh, an intentional activity that's embodied and you're you're practicing resting relaxing in god's presence and trusting god to hold you up in the water and ultimately you went out into the ocean and and uh, braved the uh, danger of jellyfish and sharks and uh, et cetera. Yeah, and I, and I actually did it in a time, that first time of floating in the backyard, I was feeling that loneliness again. You had been invited on a spiritual formation retreat and I wasn't invited and I was feeling really excluded and really lonely and really hurt that I was left out, that they invited you and not me. And I was home alone. Our kids were away that weekend. And so I... I remembered that, and so I decided to take Jesus' hand and blow up a little raft and take it to the jacuzzi and just try to connect with God's God's love, rest in Him there. So one of the things I really um, appreciate about that, Christy, is that you are leaning into the loneliness, uh, the hurt, uh, the trust issues that you were having with God. You You went right into that. And that was uh, integral to your time of scripture meditation and prayer. You're bringing together your actual life with God's word and God's presence. And so that, that's where the healing and the transformation can occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's, that's doing something that helps you to do nothing. Yes. And that's, that's the wisdom that we unpack in Journey of the Soul, especially around the chapter on the wall. Because that's the, that's the time of a big transition. We call it the, the soul pivot in the Christ stages. Yeah, if we will cooperate with the, the spirit of Jesus and the work of grace uh, at this time of great trial, uh, great faith testing where we just feel stuck and God feels far or we, just, we feel compassion fatigue or we're burned out and everything seems different in our, our faith walk. If we will uh, change up our spiritual practices and so each of the Christ stages, we need to make an adjustment, but this is the biggest adjustment at the wall. And so we need to learn that there are some other spiritual practices that can help us grow in grace that we didn't know about. Like taking a nap could be done with Jesus and be really valuable, especially at this stage, because in the, our stage of responsibilities and ministry uh, in the Christ stages, we, we think we're, we're working so hard, we're trying so hard, we're using our gifts to serve God, and it always seems like more is better. And uh, that's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. But when we start relying on ourselves, when we get ego-oriented, and we overdo, 
then it becomes a problem and we might burn out and that contributes to us hitting the wall. And so that's where we need to learn to take the foot off the gas pedal and put it on the brake and to see that actually is not a defeat, it's a victory. That's not a loss, it's a gain. That's not a waste of time, it's actually very productive. And so by slowing down, we open up to the feelings that we're having, the questions that we're wrestling with maybe. And we can, we can pray that, we can journal that, we can uh, share that with a spiritual director and, and receive support. And so those are spiritual disciplines there that are the wisdom of God for us to help us grow through the wall into the inner journey, uh, the I stage, where we're uh, cultivating intimacy with God. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're not familiar with the Christ stages, this is something that Bill and I write about in our book, Journey of the Soul. But I think, too, that what we want to say about this learning to relax with Jesus is that this is something that that Jesus did do. He modeled that. He did nap. He was relaxed. Yeah, he kept a Sabbath and he practiced solitude and silence and uh, he wasn't in a hurry, and he, he there were times that he did nothing, and there were times that he w- watched and waited to see what God would do or what how God might move on someone else to say or do something. Uh, Jesus, uh, although he was a son of God and had uh, a perfect faith for accessing God's grace and God's wisdom and God's power, he wasn't trying to make things happen. He, he wasn't pushing and forcing he, he was very open-handed about, about stuff. And so that's the power of relaxing with Jesus before we minister, is that we're, we're cultivating that, that God connection. We're cultivating that, that uh, presence of mind and heart to, to, to be soulful, to be, uh, to be prayerful, to have uh, energy, to offer empathy, and journey with people uh, in our work and in our ministry. Love to share with you this week's blog, which is a companion to this. We talk about Dallas Willard's One Word for Jesus. Some of you might know what that is. You might have heard this story. It's one of my favorite stories. If you haven't heard it, just read the blog. It's also in uh, the, uh, my earlier book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. But it comes out of the Dallas asking me the question, if you had one word to describe Jesus, what would it be? especially if you haven't heard that story. You can just sit with that until you read the Soul Shepherding blog and it's going to wow you and bless you and it fits right in with this this podcast. So good to talk with all of you and share with you and we are so appreciate each of you journeying with us. Thank you for the reviews that you've left on Amazon, for uh, Journey of the Soul and for the Leader Guide. Every star rating, every review, it makes a big difference because it it uh, increases the visibility of the book. It actually relates to the search ranking. So please get on Amazon and, and leave a quick review. I want to thank uh, Candy Piccolo, a new friend. And uh, she left a review on Amazon. And, and she uh, quoted back to us one of my favorite quotes in Journey of the Soul. There is no journey to God outside the journey Jesus made. That's quoting Henry Nouwen, actually. And that's why we call... The stages of faith and the stages of emotional and spiritual growth. That's why we call them Christ stages. Christ is an acronym. Uh, many of you know that if you've read the book. And so uh, Candy says that, hey, you know, journeying together with you, 
uh, has helped me discover my true self in Jesus. That's what we want for you listening. That's why we wrote Journey of the Soul. That's what we want for your circle of influence, your church, your small group, is to share the journey with Jesus. Jesus, how grateful we are that you came to earth as a human, that you modeled for us this life with your Father, that you invited us to come to you and to abide in you, this intimate, ongoing connection with you, relaxed in you, as we relax in you and this, in your love, in your very life, in and through us, we find ourselves in the joy of the part of a fruitful life for your glory. Continue, Lord, to enable us to rest in you, trusting you and your grace power at work in and through us. With gratitude and praise in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 